Thank you for that beautiful song, It Is Well With My Soul. Um, I'm thankful for any opportunity I get to come and, and preach, and I appreciate you all. And um, again, I can't thank our church family enough for just the love you all constantly show to us and our family. And um, I'm thankful for the opportunities Pastor gives me to preach and grow in my preaching ministry. And today we're going to be talking about our greatest example. Our greatest example. We're going to be in Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2. We're going to be looking at verses 5 through 11. Let's, I'm going to start by opening those, reading those passages before we start. Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 through 11. Fulfill ye my joy, that ye be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord of one mind. Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind let each esteem other better than themselves. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. And then up to verse 5 here. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant. And he was made in the likeness of men. And being found in the fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore, God also hath highly exalted him and given him a name, which is above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under, under the earth. And that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for your word, Lord. Thank you for, um, thank you for sending your son for us, Lord. We don't deserve that in, in, in any way, Lord. I'm just so thankful for your son, Lord. Thank you for what we can learn today from your word, Lord. Thank you for, for being the greatest example for our lives, Lord. I pray that we would follow your example, Lord, that that, that would be the focus of our life, to, to be more like you. I pray that you just fill me with your Holy Spirit this morning, Lord, as I share your word and not my word, Lord. Thank you again for being such a good God to us. In Jesus' name. Amen. So our title again today is Our Greatest Example. Our Greatest Example, and we're going to be in Philippians chapter 2. I'd like to start with this illustration. D.L. Moody was one of the most famous evangelists in the world in the the late 1800s. People came around the world to attend his Bible conferences in Northfield, Massachusetts. One year, a large group of pastors from Europe were among the attendees. They were given rooms in the dormitory of the Bible school. As was a custom in Europe, the men put their shoes outside the door of their room, expecting them to be cleaned and polished by servants during the night. Again, this was common practice in in Europe. That's what they used to do there. That's what they were comfortable with there. Of course, there was no servants in the American dorm. But as Moody was walking through the halls and praying for his guests, he saw the shoes and realized what had happened. He mentioned the problem to a few of his students, but none of them offered to help. Without another word, the great evangelist gathered up the shoes and took them back to his own room where he began to clean and polish each pair. 
Moody told no one that he had done what he had done, but a friend who interrupted him in the middle of shining the shoes and helped him finish the task later told the story of what had happened. Despite the praise and fame he received because of God's blessing on his life and ministry, Moody remained a humble man. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the King of Heaven, had the right to honor, praise, and worship. Yet to be our Savior, he laid all of his privileges aside and became a lowly servant. We often hear people talk of living as Jesus lived, and while he truly is the model for us to follow, many who speak of following him are unwilling to give up their rights and reflect his humility. We will never be like Jesus unless we are humble and lowly. Surely he scorneth the scorners, but he giveth grace unto the lowly. Proverbs 3.34 The last words of Philippians 4 is the key word that we'll be looking at in this passage. So in Philippians chapter 2, again, verse 4, it says, Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of of others, and the key word we hear, we see here today, is others. Is others. When Jesus came to this world, He came for me and you. He came for others. He came because He loved us. He came to to die on the cross for our sins, something that we're so undeserving of. But He was such a great God and a loving God that He did that. So today, our first point that we're going to be looking at to Again, in our greatest example, we're going to be looking at how we can look at Christ's life and allow it to change our life so that we can become more like Christ. And our first point for this morning is Jesus thinks of others. Jesus thinks of others. In Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 and 6, it says, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not be, thought it not Robbery to be equal with God. And the first phrase we see here, let this mind be in you. Let this mind be in you. The mind of Christ refers to the attitude that Christ showed. Our attitudes should be the same as Christ. Our attitude should be the same as Christ. And a lot of times when you see, let this mind be in you, you see the, the, the phrase here, this mind. Well, what mind is it talking about? And we look at the previous verse for context. And the mind that Christ had is, let not every man, let not every man look on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. And Philippians chapter 4 gives us the context that we're supposed to, uh, we're supposed to, again, let our minds... Be focused on others instead of ourselves. On others instead of ourselves. Paul is urging the, urging the Philippians to mimic Christ's mindset of self-denial for the benefit of others. This mindset of self-denial for the benefit of others. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 15, it says, For who hath known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But, but we have the mind of of Christ. If we are all this mind, we will walk together in love. We'll be thinking of one another and seek seeking to help others faith. Our priority no become no longer becomes ourself become but becomes on others. Our focus becomes others. 
So if our mind becomes like Christ, if we make that the priority of our life, that, hey, I want, I want my mind to be like Christ, then if our mind is where it's supposed to, our mind is no longer focused on me, myself, my mind looks up, and it focuses on other people around us because Jesus came and he focused on others. He focused on me. He focused on you. And he made the greatest sacrifice that we are so undeserving of. He gave his life for others. This was the mindset of Christ, others. And this should be the mindset of believers. We need to be focusing on others instead of ourselves. So we see the mind, but we also see the form of God. It says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be thought it not robbery to be equal with God. By becoming a man, Jesus demonstrated his humble submission to the Father. He humbly submitted to the Father by becoming a man. Jesus is in the form of God, which means he is God. He is God. Form speaks of the distinctive character, the outward expression of Christ's inner divine nature. He was all the attributes of God being emphasizes that he existed as a person of God prior to being the son of man. So Jesus was God and God came to this earth and became a man for me and you. The person that that created us became a man for me and you. He was all the attributes of God, again, being emphasized that he existed as a person of God prior to becoming the Son of Man. Jesus is fully divine, yet in the miracle of incarnation, he became as fully human as we are. But unlike all other humans, Jesus was perfect. He had no sin nature. And that's why he was able to be the sacrifice for me and you and our sins. All people are sinners. Again, in Romans 5.12, it says, Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. We couldn't be the sacrifice for ourselves. Because we're all unrighteous. We're all sinners. But Jesus was perfect. Christ lived a perfect sinner's sinless life. In 2 Corinthians 5.20, 521, it says, For he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that he might be made the righteousness of God in him. He took on sin for me and you when he died on that cross, who knew no sin. He was perfect. And he did it because he was thinking of me and you. He was thinking of others. That was his focus. The father asked the son to humble himself because he had a dire, because we had a dire spiritual need we could not meet on our own. The reality is we, we couldn't meet it. But Jesus could. And he did. And he did it willingly for me and you. And more than 20 times in the New Testament, God instructs the Christian on how we are to live. We are, first of all, to prefer others. Again, we see a key word here again. We are to prefer others. And in Romans chapter 12, verse 10, it says, 
be kindly affectionate one to another with brotherly love and honor preferring one another. We are to prefer one another. We're also to edify one another. We're to edify one another. In First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 11, it says, Wherefore, comfort yourselves together and edify one another, even as also ye do. We are to edify one another. We're supposed to lift each other up. Again, we see this key, key word of others, others. And the third way here that I have listed is we are to bear each other's burdens. In Galatians chapter 6, verse 2 says, Bear ye one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Again, we see this key word here, others, others, others. If we're to have the mindset of Christ, we're supposed to be focused on others. What a different thinking than what the world tells you, isn't it? Because the world constantly tells everybody that you're the most important thing, that you should only think about you. But here we have a completely different approach. Think about others. Take, take, Take your eyes off yourself. Focus on others and other people. Jesus was not only our example in that he thought of others, but he also, he serves others. He serves others. So, so being our example, we are to think of others, but we're also supposed to serve others. In Philippians chapter 2, verse 7, it says, But he made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. We see that Jesus emptied himself. Jesus emptied himself. Jesus not only chose to live as a man, but also a servant, further reveals his humility. Because again, it's, it's, it's big enough that he became a man, right? But he took it to a whole other step of not just becoming a man, but becoming a servant for me and you. Becoming a servant for me and you. He set aside his rights of sovereign Lord to become humanity's servant. This passage is com- commonly called the kenosis passage. The Greek word kenosis is in verse 7 means to be empty. To be empty. When Christ left heaven, he remained God, but he temporarily laid aside some of his attributes or emptied himself to live as a man. He chose to lay aside his majesty and become a servant. And he did this all for me and you. He did this all for me and you. He not only emptied himself, but we see that Jesus voluntarily did it. Jesus voluntarily emptied himself for me and you. Christ voluntarily submitted himself to his Father's will while he was on earth. The eternal God, who had created flesh and blood, became a flesh and blood person. He became a flesh and blood person. Jesus not only willingly accepted the limitations of a human body, he sacrifices himself for the sake of others. We see that Jesus was willing to become a servant. He was willing to serve others. And we only see that time and time again through Jesus' life. Like when he washed the disciples' feet, we see him becoming a servant there and being willing to to, to wash the disciples' feet again. But that's the example we have for our life. Jesus, God, became man and served. 
So we have to ask ourselves, what is my excuse being a man who deserves to be a servant, to be a servant and serve? So not only are we supposed to keep our eyes and, and, and our mind like Christ and thinking of others, we're also supposed to serve others. And then we also see that Jesus sacrifices. Jesus sacrifices. Jesus not, was not only willing to accept the limitations of a human body, but he sacrifices himself for the sake of others. He sacrificed himself for me and you. Which brings us to Philippians chapter 2, verse 8. Philippians chapter 2, verse 8. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Even the death of the cross. Many people are willing to serve others as long as it does not not cost them anything. But Jesus humbled himself to the point of agreeing to be the sacrifice for sin. So it's one thing, again, being willing to serve somebody, but it's a whole nother perspective when we actually have to give something up in order to serve other people. You know, it's one thing to serve. It's a whole nother thing to sacrifice in order to serve. And that's what Jesus did. He not only served us, he sacrificed himself on the cross for us. Again, it's so easy for us to say, yeah, I'm willing to help out as long as it doesn't cost me anything. But are you willing to serve when it does cost you something? Are you willing to serve when it does cost you something? He willingly did lay down his life for the sins of the world. The greatest sacrifice. You know, and, and what's incredible about this sacrifice is they're mining your sins. That's why he's on the cross. He was perfect. He knew no sin. But because of our sin, he died on that cross. He sacrificed. Christ's obedience to the point of death shows that he did not hold back anything. He carried humility to its limit by suffering death on the cross. Being nailed to the cross was one of the lowest, most shameful of all execution methods. Usually crucifixion was reserved for the slaves and the worst criminals. For the slaves and the worst criminals. And here we see Jesus, who didn't sin, having the same execution as a slave or or, or a horrible prisoner, right? Jesus stooped low and submitted to the most disgraceful means of death to become the final sacrifice for sin for me and you. At any time, he could have called 10,000 angels. He could have called 10,000 angels, but he chose. He willingly chose to die on the cross for me and you. He didn't call 10,000 angels. He gave himself up for our sin. In January of 1956, Jim Elliott and four other missionaries gave their lives in Ecuador in their effort to reach the Wadomi Indians. 
This fierce group was known to attack any outsiders, but the vision for reaching them with the gospel compelled these young men to take the risk. Not long after they set up camp near the Wadani village, they were attacked by warriors. Refusing to defend their lives with force, the missionaries were killed. The news flashed around the world, and the story of courage and sacrifice challenged many to take up the missionary cause. Even today, Elliot's words live on. He is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. In a very real sense, Jim Elliot and his missionary friends were living the spirit of Christmas. They were willing to give up the comforts of home and promising careers and to ultimately lay down their lives to take the gospel to those who had never heard. They could have fought back to to defend themselves, but they chose not to. This is what Christ did for us in coming to earth. Paul wrote, "For For ye know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for our sakes he became poor, that ye through his poverty might be rich. Nothing of lasting significance and importance for God is ever accomplished without great sacrifice. Whether it is our time, our talent, our treasure, or even our lives, we must be willing to give up what is temporary for the sake of what is eternal. What we do, we are what when we do, we are following the example and pattern of Christ and walking in his steps. And that's from Jim Elliott's book written by Kathleen White. Jim Elliott was willing to give it all for Christ. And he did give it all for Christ. And it's important that in our life that we realize that service takes sacrifice. There are times in our life where we will have to sacrifice our time. We will have to sacrifice different things in our lives in order to serve. But it's important in our life that we take Christ's example and that we serve. We serve with sacrifice. The Christian that has a submissive mind does not run away from sacrifice. They live for the glory of God and the good of others. And if paying a price will honor Christ and help others, they are willing to do it. This was Paul's attitude. Paul realized that this life that we have here is only temporary but eternity lasts forever. So we should be willing to give up that which is temporary for that which is eternal. Paul realized the sacrifice that Christ made for him, and he was willing to make whatever sacrifice it took in his life for Christ. That's the mentality we need to take as believers, that we are willing to sacrifice for Christ. Whatever it may be. Paul understood again what Christ had sacrificed for him and he was willing to sacrifice all for Christ. In Philippians chapter 2 verse 17, it says, Yea, and if I be offered upon the sacrifice and service of your faith, I joy and rejoice with you all. And then in verse 20, he says, For I have no man like-minded who will naturally care for your state. In Philippians chapter 121, and this is a passage many of us know, for to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. What What an example to us to be willing to give our life 
and sacrifice for Christ. Not only do we see that, uh, and a question we must ask ourselves is, Christ sacrificed so much for us, are we willing to make sacrifices for others? Because again, Christ sacrificed for us, and that is the example for our life, that we sacrifice for him. Again, our life here is temporary. This is not our home. Heaven's our home. And that's what we need to live for. And then, which brings me to our fourth point for today is, is Jesus glorifies God. Jesus glorifies God. So we see, again, Jesus caring for others, right? His focus is others. He serves. He sacrifices. Why does he do it all? What is the ultimate goal? What is the ultimate goal for the believer in doing this? And the ultimate goal for the believer in doing this is to glorify our Father. To glorify God in everything we do. In Philippians 2.10 and 11 it says, That at the name of Jesus Christ every knee should bow, all things in heaven, all things in earth, and all things under, under the earth. And that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, and here it is, to the glory of God the Father. To the glory of God the Father. So what is our great goal? We see very important phrase here at the end of verse 11. To the glory of God the Father. This is, this is the focus. This is the great goal that we have in the Christian life. And is that, and that is that we do all, everything to the glory of God. To the glory of God. In Philippians chapter 2 verse 3 it says, Paul warns the believer that nothing be done through strife or vainglory. That nothing be done through strife and vainglory. It can be so easy to do the right thing for the wrong reason, can't it? It can be so easy to do the right thing for the wrong reason. When things are done for vainglory, people think about themselves and lifting themselves up. So the result is, it puts Christian versus Christian. It puts ministry versus ministry. Instead of what the, the real goal should be, we can lose sight of that, then the real goal should be is to give God the glory. It shouldn't be Christian versus Christian. It should be all to the glory of God. Everything. Our goal needs to be in everything that we do we strive to bring glory to God, not ourselves, but to God. That's our goal in life. Why, why should I serve? To give glory to God. Why should I think of others instead of myself? To give glory to God. Jesus humbled himself for others and God highly exalted him. And the end result of the was the ex, exaltation is glory to God. Jesus' exaltation included sovereign authority over all creatures in heaven on earth and under the earth. We will bow to him. We will bow to him. And we see this in verse 10. Again, it says that at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth. Every knee is going to ultimately bow to Christ. Every creature will give him reverence, worship, and adoration, submit, and be subject to him. 
as all do, and shall either freely or forcibly. That's the reality of life. You may choose to reject him today, but your knee will bow before him one day. Your knee will bow before him. Isaiah 45, 23 says, I have sworn by myself, the word of God is out of my mouth in righteousness and shall not return, that unto me every knee shall bow, every tongue will swear. One day, everybody will believe in Jesus. Everybody. There are those that will bow and confess today and receive his gift of salvation. We can bow and confess today. We don't have to find out later before it's too late. And Romans 10 verse 9 and 10 says, And if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus Christ and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness and with the mouth confess. With the mouth confession is made unto salvation. To to go before him now means salvation, doesn't it? So to get saved today means salvation. But to bow before him at the judgment means condemnation. Means condemnation. So we have a choice to make, don't we? If you're not saved today... Today is the day of salvation. Don't wait. You can't wait. You don't know what tomorrow brings. You don't know what's going to happen as soon as you leave this building today. Jesus can return in the next five minutes, couldn't he? But it's so important that that you realize that you need to accept Christ as your personal Savior today. You can't wait. You can't wait. Every person will bow one day, and I'm pleading with you today, you need to be saved today if you don't know Christ as your personal Savior before it's too late. Before it's too late. And we don't know our time. We don't know what's going to happen in five minutes from now, do we? But it's so important that, that if you're unsaved today that you accept Christ as your personal Savior. Don't wait. Do not wait. Don't hesitate. Accept him as your personal Savior. And Christian, this should be a challenge to us. We don't know when it's the end for anybody else around us. So we need to be boldly sharing this with others. We can't wait to share it with others. We need to be telling people about the gospel right now, today. Jesus made an incredible sacrifice for us. Now we need to share that sacrifice with the world. It's so important in the Christian life. The whole purpose of Christ's humiliation and exaltation is the glory of God. Is the glory of God. As Jesus faced the cross, glorifying God was on his mind. Let's go to John chapter 17. John chapter 17. John chapter 17. We first see as Jesus faced the cross, glorifying God was on his mind. That was his focus, to glorify God. Even in the sacrifices, he was thinking of others. 
the goal was to glorify God. In verse 1, it says, uh, again, John chapter 17, verse 1 says, These words spake Jesus and left up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour is come. Glorify thy son that thy son also may glorify thee. He wanted to glorify his father in sacrificing himself on the cross for me and you. In fact, he has given this glory to us. So let's look at verse 22. Verse 22, and it says, And the glory which thou givest me, I have given them, that they may be one, even as we are one. And the last thing we hear too, we see here too in this passage, uh, in verse 23, uh, verse 3, verse 23 also it says, And I and them, and thou and me, that they may be made perfect in one, and that... And that the world may know that thou hast sent me and hast loved them as thou hast loved me. And one day we will share it with him in heaven. One day we will share it with him in heaven. Uh, the glory here that it talks about. Let's look at John seventeen twenty four and says, Father, I will that they also whom thou hast given me be with me where I am. That they may behold my glory, which thou hast given me, for thou lovest me before the foundation of the world. One day, we're going to be able to spend eternity with him. We're going to spend eternity with him. Christ died on the cross for me and you. Jesus paid it all. Jesus paid it all on the cross. And we get to spend eternity with him. We are so undeserving of this sacrifice, aren't we? He paid it all. Jesus thought of others to glorify God. Jesus served others to glorify God. Jesus sacrificed to glorify God. And it is so important that we do the same in the Christian life. Jesus, he's our greatest example. He's our greatest example, and we need to follow his example, don't we? We need to follow his example. We need to think of others. We need to serve others. We need to sacrifice others. Sacrifice for others, not sacrifice others. That's not good. (laughs) Sacrifice for others. There we go. All for the glory of God. (laughs) All for the glory of God. It's so easy in this life to get focused on ourselves, isn't it? It is so easy. But Christ lived a very different life where his focus was only others. And that should be the goal of us as believers. To focus on others. Not ourselves. The Christian with a submissive mind, as they live for others, must must expect sacrifice and service. But in the end, it is going to lead to glory. The joy of the submissive mind comes not only from helping others, but primarily from the knowledge that we are to glorify God. That we are to glorify God. The joy, again of the submissive mind comes not only from helping others, but primarily from the knowledge that we are glorifying God, right? So our focus, our focus, our entire focus of what we do 
should be to glorify God or make much of Jesus. Or make much of Jesus. That should be our goal. That should be our focus in the Christian life. We are, when we are letting our light shine through our good works, that brings God glory. As Matthew 5.16 says, Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. See that goal there? We're to be a light. Why? For his glory, not ours. The focus is him. We may not see that glory today, but we will see it when Jesus returns and rewards his faithful servants. It's so easy in this life to focus on the temporary. Today, tomorrow, this week, next week. But instead, we need to be focusing on eternity. Eternity lasts forever. Are we going to focus on ourselves? Are we going to be caught up in what Daniel wants to do? Or am I going to change my mindset and see what God wants me to do? Who wants God? Who God wants me to serve? Who God wants me to pray about? Who God wants me to sacrifice for? Let's change our mindset and let's live for others just like our greatest example Jesus did. He lived for others. Let's do the same. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for for this reminder from your word, Lord. We are so thankful, Lord, that you thought of others. You thought of me and I didn't deserve it one bit, Lord. You sacrificed so much for me, Lord, and the least I can do is to sacrifice for you. I pray that I pray that we would make you the focus in our life, that we would do all for your glory and your honor, that we would do everything for the right the right things, that we would do the right things for the right reason in our life, Lord. Help us to be help us to be and think of others instead of ourselves, Lord. Thank you again for your example that you left for us that we can follow, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. As heads are bowed and eyes are closed, and as the music plays, and we can stand too. (laughs) So we stand.